Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Panthers Brawl podcast. As always, alongside Shanti Stewart, Tyler Bursky, and Jeff Taylor, I am Jack Taylor. And y'all, we're so excited to be back for this third episode. We got to say, I mean, we all have, you know, different things that we do throughout the week, but coming in and recording this together, it's the highlight of my week. I love getting to talk about the Panthers and getting to do it with such awesome people. Um, To start out, you know, I actually have a little bit of an anecdote. So I was... In Gatlinburg over the weekend, uh, my fraternity had a bit, had a vacation weekend. So I was in downtown Gatlinburg, and uh, being the age of 21, we decided to, in Gatlinburg, what else are you going to do? Drink moonshine. So we went to Old Smoky Moonshine uh, Brewery. I'm so proud. It was, oh, it was fantastic. You got it. I mean, they had, so we had 16 different flavors. It was like, there was, there was pickles infused in moonshine. I bought a, uh, a, I bought a jar of maraschino cherries that were infused in moonshine. It was 100 proof. That hurt. That stuff. There was one called Blue Fire. It was 140 proof. I didn't know that existed. And then it had like, uh, the best one was s'mores. Sounds like death. The best one was s'mores moonshine. It tasted literally like s'mores. Then, of course, what's the one flavor that I wouldn't think would exist for moonshine? There's peanut butter moonshine. Right. So I could drink it. And the guy, he luckily gave me other, he let me taste other ones. Cause he was like, if you don't like, I, I put my hand over it. I was like, I can't. He was like, what? You don't like peanut butter? I was like, I'm allergic to peanuts. I can't drink that. But, um, so I walk into the moonshine place. This is this before we started. And I'm looking around and I see tall black man wearing a Panthers beanie and one of the white Super Bowl 50 jackets. Not one of the ones that you like, you could just buy, but one of those ones, you know, we got for media week. You would see all the players. They had, you know, the gold 50 logo on it. I was like, huh, that's cool. But I didn't recognize him. I was like, I don't know who that is. And then I look to his left and I see a short, stout black man. Looks shaped like a bowling ball. And I went, (laughs) Mike? And he kind of looks around and I was like, Mike Tolbert. And he goes, yo, what's up? And I was wearing my Christian McCaffrey jersey, you guys, and my Panthers beanie. So I come up and I dap him up and I'm like, yo. Like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm on vacation with my family. And so I basically, I didn't want to hound him. I tried thinking about asking him to come on the podcast, but he was on vacation, so I decided not to. But basically I said, look, man, you did so much for the city of Charlotte. You were so much fun to watch in those five years, five, four or five years, however long he was on the team. Maybe oh, was. For a good minute. I think my was about five. Honestly, but I was like, it was, you brought back, you know, energy to the fullback position. And I thought it was really cool seeing there. And honestly, it was also cool because the reason I recognized him, I looked at my phone. I had taken a picture with Mike Tolbert in junior year of high school. Uh, we got on-field passes to the uh, NFC wildcard game against the Cardinals the first time um, back in 2014. 
So we were walking around doing warm-ups. And like we talked about last week, Jeff, when we met Luke and got pictures with him, this was a really good day. We got a little bit later, Tolbert was practicing near that area. You know, the the, t- uh, the linemen and the fullback would par- practice in the corner of the end zone for pregame warm-ups. And so Tolbert was running around, and I asked for a picture, and wasn't that much shorter than him, so that was funny. But um, that was something that's been cool about living in Charlotte and knowing someone in the media business because, Jeff, as you know, we have gone a couple pregame passes for a couple games. And talk a little bit about, you know, what that's been like. You know, it's, it's been really cool. You know, uh, I did I did a television for almost 15 years. And being a sportscaster, you get the chances to do those things. But occasionally you get the chance to go while you're not doing your job. You get to know people. A guy named Charlie Dayton, who was the head of the PR for the Panthers, I got to know him while I worked NASCAR and got to know Charlie. So I reached out to him three or four times. So, you know, we got to see the, we've been on the field, I think twice for the Panthers. Um, you know, uh, my youngest Nate's a Seahawks fan. So when the Seahawks came to town, he got on the field and got pictures with, you know, Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman. It's all cool. And then uh, last year, the Patriots came for the preseason and uh, Will, my middle one loves the Patriots. So we got on the field uh, with the Patriots and that was cool. And then of course, for me, um, you know, you know, being here in Carolina, but being a Titans fan, uh, this past actually this past season, I got on the field. I've been up on the field a couple times when the Titans have been in town. So just to be on that field, feel that energy, and, and see how number one, how big these guys are, um, and how fast they truly are, it's been really cool. So one of the blessings of of doing media that I did in the past was getting a chance to do that, and it's been really cool. But one other cool thing, and Jack, I'm going off record here. I don't know if you guys knew it or not. But this young man, Tyler, announced today that he is going to continue playing football at John Carroll University. Oh, that's Ooh. awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. So just decided that's today. So dope, you know, dude. Attaboy. Yeah, I, I didn't know if you guys saw or not. But, um, you know, I can't relate to the moonshine story, obviously, because I'm just committing to a college. But, you know, I think it's the right right fit for me. And, you know, the reason it actually kind of relates to the podcast is um, they have actually uh, three general managers in the NFL right now. Three out of 32 went to John Carroll. So that's kind of where I'm interested in. And they have a lot of coaching relationships. So I'm excited to continue there and also uh, play football there, too. And really, inside a trade, baby. We have a general manager on the podcast. (laughs) And the stadium is actually named after Don Shula. He went there. Really? Josh Daniels went there. Yep. But not Jimmy Clausen. No, unfortunately not. You know, they wear the same colors as Notre Dame, kind of, so you can count it. <laughs> Congrats. Congrats, man. Good job. Yeah, thank Congrats. you. Congrats. So where, where's that at? Where's that located? Um, It's just outside of Cleveland, yeah. Okay. I know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, see, we got we got all that football knowledge coming from him because he's still getting to use it for himself. Um, Sorry. So, you know, talking about – no, I mean, that, that's so cool because – that's a different that's a different experience than we've had. I mean, you have actually two college athletes right here on the screen because uh, little known fact, but Jeff, you kicked for Randolph Macon College in Virginia, tiniest school you'll ever have heard of. But so you understand the feeling of getting to play football in college. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people can say what they want, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, but the one thing we'll get to say is that we played college football, and if you do right. that. Um, it's a great experience, no matter what, where, you know, what level you're at to get out on that football field. If you love it, um, it's it's something worthwhile. Tyler's going to be playing safety. Um, yep. and, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I did not know yeah. you was a yeah, defensive back. There we go. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, play, I play, you know, I play a little football in college myself. You know. Yeah, yeah. I actually drove by. We actually drove by North Greenville on the way to get really? to. I saw like two signs for it, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, Yo, North Greenville. 
because it was on the good enough, whatever interstate that was. Hey, I mean, I played cornerback in high school. I sucked at it, but I played. On his DV, yeah. I did play. I played. I played a couple games in JV, and then the concussion, and then Rick, uh, Ricky Prohl's son, Blake Prohl, took my position, the younger, the youngest. So I didn't play after that. But um, all right. So moving on, you know, getting back on track. But that is awesome, Tyler. Congrats so much. Yeah, thank uh, you. I would thank give you. anything to play football again. I think we all would. Yes. So you keep living that dream, and we'll live vicariously through you. Do, but um, so we talk, like I said, going back to Mike Tolbert. Um, Mike Tolbert was one of those dudes. Who I mean, he was he had a name for himself and a persona before he came to the Panthers. He was the vulture, you know, the Damian Thomas that would get all the way down the field to get to the five yard line. All right, Mike Tolbert barely away in there. He was, you know, the human bowling ball, the human wrecking ball. And when we signed him, it was really cool because it wasn't a position that we really needed, you know. It wasn't something you would think of. But I mean, thinking about that team, you know, and the team that team that we had, Tolbert played a part in it. I mean, I remember I'll never forget the uh, Philadelphia Eagles game. We were down by a touchdown. That it was either Monday night or Sunday night, and the Eagles were doing kind of okay for themselves. And uh, actually, it was in it was in Philly, I believe, too. And Tolbert, it was on like the ten yard line. It was an out route to Tolbert, and he gets hit right at the seven, bounces back to the eight or nine, then barrels to the five, gets hit again, busts through to get the touchdown, and then does the Rocky punch in the end zone in Philly. And that, so it was moments like that that I I will never forget about him. But that's the thing with free agency. You never know what you're going to get out of a player. And I want to know what y'all think about free agency. Is that in your mind, the best way to improve your team to go about it? Like the main way, or should you, cause obviously the draft, you get a lot more players, but in free agency, you have, you know what these players can do in the NFL. You've seen it firsthand. So do you think that's a better way to go about trying to improve your team or the draft is the main way you should go about improving your team? Uh, all right, I'll take this one first. I, it depends on the market size for your team. It depends on how, like, for, for Carolina, our cap situation for them, for most of my time as a fan, has been pretty bad. Or in no man's right. life. Yeah, so we usually don't have money to spend off free agents. So unless unless you're sure on the guy you're, you're going to pick up, I say the best way to build for a, for a smaller market team is through the draft. Yeah. It's such a weird, you know, it's it's such a weird situation all the way around the horn because, you know, you can take players that you think, you know, the 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 big times, the Odell Beckhams and stuff like that, figure out what's going to happen and maybe they'll work out, maybe they don't. Then you get those cagey veterans who've been around for a while. Um, and, and, you know, I just, I'll stick with kind of the, the team that I, I watch a lot of times and have been a fan of forever, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, who would have thought Ryan Tannehill would have did, you know, had the season he had. Um, you know, and I think what's interesting when it comes to free agent, I think it's a great way to build your team and it's a great way to build excitement because right now we're going to look at March and go, who are the free agents? So we're already looking toward that. So I think it's just finding that, that, that gem, that, that one person who can do it. Um, and you've seen big time players do it. You've seen KG veterans do it. Um, it, it really, it's a, it's a crapshoot. And it's interesting you say that because it, it, it seems to like happen where you have, and a lot of these times, it's about you said like either proving yourself or KG veterans, where you have some players that they, I mean, you have players like Odo Beckham who have obviously proven themselves and are huge talents. But then, I mean, as we saw this last year, he was not utilized very well at all. And that was one of the big, I mean, that was the biggest signing in a while, honestly, in the, not even last year, but the last two, three years, because he 
was such a superstar. It was almost like, and I'm not going to par- compare him to LeBron, but I'm at, you know, that kind of same feel for the NFL. Yeah. The only thing that might have been bigger was maybe, I mean, Peyton Manning leaving the Colts and going to the Broncos because that was just, you know, we thought Peyton was going to die with the Colts. And the only thing that could be bigger is if Tom Brady were to leave, you know, now. And Tom Brady's honestly really weird because he's kind of in both categories. Not only is he the superstar that, you know, has a lot of potential but then could also fall through, but he's also an old veteran that still has something to prove but might be washed up towards the end of his career. And I think it's something like, you know, it's kind of like when we took in Jeremy Shockey and Greg Olson. I mean, that could be – you had these two guys where Jeremy Shockey was obviously – the bigger name coming out of it. He was the, he was electric. He was the biggest, he was the bigger talent. Greg Olson kind of flew under the radar. And then, you know, we all saw what happened. So I want to know what y'all think, which type of free agent is more reliable, or do you think has become, has been, has shown more of a track record of success, that superstar talent that might not fit your system. Ego might be too big, might not be a good locker room presence, or that Wiley vet who has shown, who has a lot to, a lot more to prove felt, you know, hurt by their team for cutting them and or might be the end of their career. I'll let Tyler shoot first on this one. Yeah, you know, I'd probably venture to say it's better off to go for the cheaper guys that are going to be more stable without the big egos to bring into your um, bring into your team because from the surface, I would probably say that the draft is a better way to build your team just to get those homegrown guys and build your way up. And I'm um, not saying that free agents can't do that, but, you know, they're already four years into – four or five years into the league, you know, already made their money. So, like, you know, but, um, yeah, so I'd probably say just getting more cheaper options than, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket in free agency would probably be the better option um, just from the surface. I think, too, that – oh, go ahead. I would have to agree with Tyler, especially like with guys that we see in the past, like Kurt Coleman. We didn't pay a lot of money to get Kurt Coleman. Kurt Coleman was a very good pickup for us, and he lasted was what, what what three seasons? Three he, at least. Yeah, three seasons. And he, and he was a great a great value pickup. So I definitely agree with going with those cheaper options. Great value. And, That's how we should label them: great value, like those grocery store yes. knockoff brands. We want a yes. great value player. We don't need your public's brand. No. Well, you know, too, and what you got to think about, too, I think a lot of times when you think about the, the draft versus free agent, I think it depends on what positions you're looking at. Um, you know, I take, you know, I, I can go with Delaney Walker, who played behind Vernon Davis in San Francisco and turned out to be a tight end. But also, you take teams that have these great offensive lines. What have they done? They've built through the draft. They had, you know, those offensive lines, you don't, I mean, you see the teams that have spent maybe four or five seasons and their first round picks have been offensive linemen every single year or defensive linemen, because you get into the, the quarterbacks and the running backs and the, and the tight ends and receivers, they've got the knowledge up here. So they, they kind of can work into most systems and stuff like that. But those, those, those draft picks to build a core uh, that's going to protect everybody. I think that's, I think it just depends on what, what, where you need, where do you need to build as a team? Do you go with the free agent or do you go with the drafts? And it's funny that you mentioned that. And it's something that it's a little off topic, but I want to bring it because I saw it on Twitter today where uh, there was a Twitter, there was a Panthers fan who was going kind of back and forth with a, I don't know if it was a Dallas fan or not, but talking about comparing uh, Cam and Dak Prescott, which I'm not even going to entertain that comparison because why, and they were saying that Cam had been trashed in 2015. I... The guy on Twitter, uh, his, his handles bring Cam back. And he made a very good point where the fact that, the Cowboys have one of the best offensive lines in football. They have some of the best weapons with Amari Cooper and Zeke. And you still can't beat 
win teams with winning records, you still are going eight and eight and having even more trash, you know, as far as their as his percentages, you're gonna tell me that he's better than Cam when Cam A has had very little talent, very little talent on the line, and still has been injured for most of the seasons and still has performed better than Dax. I I don't I didn't I just saw that and I was like we need to stop these comparisons. There was another thing I saw. Oh yeah, by the way, that's that's my homeboy. Oh really? Hey, Chris, what? Chris Leomar, you know I, I I'll give him a shout out when the episode drops. Yeah, that's my, that's my homeboy to see that. Well, he's very smart <laughs> because I saw that and I was like, yes, that and I hate those comparisons because Cam gets those comparisons. I don't know if y'all saw on Twitter too. It was the picture of Mahomes diving for the fumble in the oh. Super Bowl, nah. and they were like, oh, that's a real hero because he dove for it, and it was like, no, Cam had an uh, two offensive linemen. And a defensive lineman near there. Mahomes had nobody, and yeah. then Mahomes threw a pick the next play. So he did. It didn't mean anything for the game. I just I don't like that Cam get. It's 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 very aggravating. So, so let's play this out a little bit since you went down this road for a second. You talk about free agency versus draft. Mm-hmm. So obviously David Tepper came out yesterday and said, "I need to see him healthy." Yeah. And then we'll make up our minds, and I'm still. You know, what's not being said to me is 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 speaking volumes. And mm-hmm. so you guys is this, and we'll just we can change the rundown a little bit here and stuff. If Cam is gone, where do you want to go? Do you want to go free agent? Or do you want to go draft? Oh, blow the whole thing up. He's going to the draft. Blow it up. I, I I'm not with just because there's I know there's no free agent. Yeah, there's no free agent. I would mm-hmm. want that's out there. And I, I really honestly, the only one I do want, and I don't think it would work. It, it might work in our system because he might turn to a pro soccer offense. Would be Tannehill because he's the only one right now that would be worth. I don't think he would take a whole lot of money, honestly. Oh, uh, you know, I, you know, you know, I forgot. You know what? If Alex Smith is still out there, he got a bad rap. And, and if he and if he's healthy, completely healthy, Alex Smith. I, but he, I mean, does he have a leg? I don't. Legs. Yeah, I don't know. Leg is healing. Yeah. But he's making more than Cam right now. Alex Smith. Alex Smith is making more than Cam right now. Who's paying him? Uh, Washington. Washington. I thought he. Re- I thought honestly, God, I thought they cut him. Alex Smith yeah. always got a bad rap because he led that team to the Super Bowl. He made that team what it was, and then Cap came in. And honestly, I think if Alex Smith played in that Super Bowl, they beat the Ravens. I think he was a fire quarterback, and I think he didn't perform very well with the Chiefs because they didn't have very many weapons on the Chiefs. But the 49ers had weapons. Um, honestly, and so we saw, yeah, with Tepper, I mean, and that's something maybe we can even go into deep in detail with. I think it's not a fault of Tepper. I think this is Herney. Herney, he pushed out Smitty. He pushed out D'Angelo Williams. And I think it's the reason. there's a reason why Greg, Khalil, and TD have all not retired but have gone to different teams. Because I think Greg has realized that he – because I think Herney pushes them away. And you saw what TD said on – was it First Take or was it ESPN? It was on, it was on uh, NFL Network. And it's, it's on Network. One of their programs. And that honestly kind of broke my heart a little bit. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Because when TD says that the best thing for Cam is to leave the Panthers, I how, how do you argue that? And yeah. I just – I don't know what – if now Tepper said if, health, if Cam's healthy, yes, we want him. That's a different ballgame. But the fact that he said, if he's healthy, then we'll see. But the problem with it is this. The problem with it is this. We are at February whatever, you know, middle of February or something. He knows daggone good and well right now whether Cam is healthy. He knows. There's no way that he doesn't. I mean, I'm sure Cam is – or whoever sat down and said, listen, I'm good to go. 
Let's do this. And so there's just this kind of, and you listen to talk radio here in Charlotte and stuff. I mean, that's all they ever talk about is the silence that's being front office. And every time they say it's well to wait and see, I don't know what Tyler has to say down there. Yeah. For me with the quarterback situation and we move on from cam, say we do that. I say we just, I mean, people aren't going to want to hear this. I say we just blow it up for a year. You got I mean, it's better to me to do that than to get a guy like, I don't know, Ryan Tannehill or someone for a year and go eight and eight, seven and nine, and, you know, kind of yeah. put yourself out of the way to get a quarterback. If you just, you know, suck for a year like the Bills did, uh, they got Josh Allen, you get a high pick. I mean, there's a good quarterback class next year with Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. So, and, you know, that could be an option too. I mean, you got to be patient with it, but I mean, we'll see what they do. I guess. My only thing with, um, you know, tanking NFL wise, it's the the best teams don't Not tanking, but like, you know, like you know, like the teams that are consistently in the yeah. playoff run, they don't they don't tank. I mean, Cleveland's been doing this for like and what, it, like it two not, decades. It's not it, working. It, it hasn't worked. The Lions have barely like, they they tried and they it tried, still hasn't worked. Still haven't. It still I hasn't mean, worked. The Lions have the ti- Detroit Tigers have drafted more Super Bowl quarterbacks than the Detroit Lions have, and that's the funniest thing in the world to me. You know. When when we've had our success and we've been at our highs, it's come from just staying the course, put together good draft classes, sign a couple free agents, um, <laughs> sign a couple free agents. Well, and they and they keep it rolling. But, let me throw out another thing we heard. I heard today on the radio, and you guys love this. So you're in a cam, let him walk. So you have the seventh pick. You trade CMC for a first round pick. Yeah. So First round picks, you trade those, you move up to one, or you move up to like four or five. And so you trade those two number ones, move up, and then you go after Burrow or Tua. Honestly. Would you get rid of CMC? You can't only give the because, only, only yeah. because the only reason I even think about it is because if we don't get rid of if Cam goes and we go into blow-up mode, then what we have created in ourselves is another Kemba situation where we have a player who is the best at his position. Yep. And we're wasting his talent and not letting yeah. him succeed. And Agreed. he will not be able to carry this team by himself. So if that means we have to get a rookie quarterback so that we can rebuild the team, then yes, send McCaffrey to send McCaffrey to someone that needs a running back. Seattle. Send him to Seattle. That'd be I don't care. Let him win a Super Bowl with them. Honestly, yeah. because I don't want to CMC is a one in a million talent. You do not get guys like him, and I do not want to have another Kemba on our hands. That's a great, great analogy. I never even thought about the Kimba take, but that's a fantastic yeah, take. Definitely. It's what it would be because you see, oh my God, I'm going to change gears. But did you see someone, a reporter asked Kemba if the Celtics, uh, I think it was Celtics Raptors game, felt like a playoff game? And he goes, he goes, you're asking the wrong guy about playoffs. And that I cried and I died inside a little yeah. bit. But when talking about Cam, honestly, there is a Newton that I want out of Carolina. And I say this with mm-hmm. a heavy heart because I've met the man multiple times, especially over the summer. He's a nice guy. But after what he wrote about what the Panthers should do in the offseason where we trade or we sign Teddy Bridgewater, but then trade up and – or no, and then take Tua with the seventh pick, right. I'm sorry, but that's just A, bad analyz- analyzation, and B, that's just bad. That's not good strategy because why would you, you draft – Tua with Cam on the that, You can A, do that because why would you sign Teddy – and draft to it, then you create a quarterback. You create this, you know, competition where and, one of them's not starting, but you're paying Teddy starter money because he's going to want starter money because he's a starter. And not only that, yeah, te- not only that, can we can people quit using Teddy, Teddy as a starter. bridge quarterback between the next? 
between him and the next guy. And if Teddy was on the Vikings the year that they played the Eagles, <laughs> they would have beaten the Eagles and gone to that Super Bowl. Because the Eagles were, I mean, that Vikings team trash, and I get Casey Keenum did kind of well. I mean, he did well enough. I mean, and Sam Bradford. But if, if Teddy, if a healthy Teddy Bridgewater is on that team with that mobility, and Dalvin Cook running up the, I mean, they, they win that Super Bowl. They do. Yes. Speaking of Teddy, did you see that uh, the Saints said they uh, want to continue with Taysom Hill if Breeze huh. isn't? We, I, I'm like, they're just like forgetting about Teddy Bridgewater. Like, I don't know. He, Tyler, we could Teddy's taking a pay cut. Yeah, I could do, honestly, I'm going to do this as a video segment. I'm going to do a video segment just completely ranting about how much I hate Taysom Hill. Yeah, oh, me too. You. I'm with you. I'm with you. Every time he goes on the field, the announcers do oh, not talk then, about oh. anything else. Oh. What did he you do? He went to BYU. His career. And they actually I retweeted like, something today about his uh, accuracy at BYU. It was, yeah. It was a joke. Not good. Yeah. And they act like a quarterback being on special teams is like the second coming of Christ. When, <laughs> not only what, two, three years ago, who was the Panthers kick returner? Joe Webb. At one point, our kick returners were Joe Webb and Mike Tolbert, and you know, it was the best thing ever. <laughs> you know, I, got yeah. just, I just feel like our general managers hate us, honestly. They really, really I, do. I, I, like, it, with Gettleman and Harry, I was like, I just feel like that. It's, it's a constant troll job. For tw- it's been 20 years. <laughs> it's been 20 years of this just absolute God. mismanagement. I had somebody God. told me he was like, Charlotte could be one. He was, it was, um, it was someone I met, I don't remember. It was someone on call at 7.30 the game. And it was uh, it was someone who worked for oh you know who it was it was Marty Smith, really yeah it was Marty Smith and he said Charlotte could be one of the best sports cities but it had because it has great talent but it's horribly mismanaged and I was like you just uh, nail right on the head yeah oh god oh. And, uh, especially the Hornets <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mar- bad GMs Marty Hardy and Rick Cho done deal. Don't even get me so I okay, I can do another episode about how much I hate Rich Cho. We're gonna do the next segment is going to be just crapping on Taysom Hill, Rich Cho, and Mike Remmers. That's the whole next show. Honestly, because I could fill an entire show about how much and uh Alindo Mare. Alindo Mare would be the fourth. Wow. That's my Mount Rushmore of hatred. Okay. Just tell Tyler and Shantice and anybody else who's gonna watch this, you haven't watched a game until you've watched Jack watching Taysom Hill play football. I get so angry. We won't. Even, they won't even be playing us. They'll be playing like on Thanksgiving Day. Anybody? anybody. I feel you. I'm it's with so you. aggravating to hear. It's so bad. All right, getting a little bit back on track. So we talked about free agents <laughs> and talking about um, how it's the difference between big names and good players when you get out of free agency. So who is the biggest name that the Panthers have ever signed? And then on the flip side, what is the best player or who has on, you know, in retrospect been the best player we've ever signed in free agency? Cause those are, those can be two different things. In my mind, I think the biggest name that honestly we ever signed might've been Mike Tolbert, at least in that time frame. Cause like I said, he was already that persona when we came in and we didn't, we got him for a great deal and we added him. It wasn't like we were, we were filling a need because we didn't have anybody. I mean, yes, we didn't have anybody cause we haven't had a good fullback since Brad Hoover before that. But, um, I just think that that in the team that we had with, you know, Stewart and we have, I think that Tolbert really fit in really well there. And, but I think the best player we obviously drafted or we've signed had to have been Greg Olson. That's my best free agent ever. Uh, biggest that I can remember was uh, Keyshawn Johnson back in what, 06, 07. Yeah. At the time, you know, Steve Smith was the best receiver in football. And I thought 
as we all thought, adding Keyshawn Johnson was going to... Oh, And Moose gonna, was still on the team, too, wasn't he? No, Moose was he going to... He was going to Chicago at that point. Oh, right. I forgot he went to the Bears. Yeah, yeah. Bears, you're not allowed to get any more of our players. You can't have Cam. I'm sorry. Good Lord. Yeah, but Keyshawn Johnson, the biggest... Um, you know, the best? I think one of those, again, those great value guys, uh, Jericho Cotri. Yeah. Like he was uh, he was very valuable, especially for a receiving core that lacked a lot of talent. He was that, I mean, so, as far as, it, like, you know, as far as hands and consistency, yeah. he was the best receiver Consist- on that team. It, the, most, the most consistent receiver, a true receiver that we had on that team yeah. during the Super Bowl run. That so is I, true. So I'll go Jericho Cotri. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit before my time, but uh, I, I'll go with Reggie White. You know, I mean, big time player, you know, um, Packers, Eagles, Hall of Famer, you know, comes to Carolina. And I mean, everyone knew the name, but I don't know how effective he was in his time, despite him being, like, you know, at the end of his career there. But no, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the yeah, best player? Oh, definitely the biggest. Definitely the biggest. Um, best player? Probably, you know, also I had to dig deep for this one, too, is before my time, Ricky Prohl. I mean, you know, he was a good player, too, and then also extended his time, uh, you know, after a player as a coach with the Panthers. So, I mean, I think that's huge just for the culture yeah. and legacy of the, the team. Jeff, you better say this one because we just, I realized we just all missed it. And if none of us say it, it's going to be an issue. Because, I mean, he wasn't really, at least for either, at least for best player, maybe not biggest name, but we, de- yeah, you understand what we just missed. Uh, or maybe you don't. Let, let's see what Jeff says. What, do you, what, what are your two? Don't put any well, thoughts. I, I mean, obviously the biggest name. Yeah. I, I was, was going to go, I was going to actually go Reggie White. Okay. Um, that, that was my, my thought that's, process. That's, no, that wasn't the one I was thinking of. So, yeah, go, for biggest – best player, this is where I want to know if you got this because I'm kind of mad at myself because I didn't think of this. Wow. I, I'm i still going I, – I, listen, how can you not – you'll, you'll do it. I'm, I'm going Greg Olson. I, I yeah, don't know no. how you don't – So, well, one that we all didn't think of was – I believe he started on the Saints for three years before us. I can't remember if he started on the Saints or went to the Saints afterwards – but because it Tyler rung a bell in my head when he was talking player and coach, yeah, Sam Mills, yeah, oh, that's the face of your, that's the, the the slogan of our team, the 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 foundation of who we are as a, as an organization. And I mean, he was a he wasn't um, insane coming off the Saints, but for the pay, the money that we got him, he was. I mean, then afterwards, especially early on, in our yeah, franchise history, say, that was he was huge he. I mean, because he was signed off of the expansion draft, yeah. actually. I don't even think he was he was signed around with the expansion draft, and that's how we got him. So I mean, that's the call. That's your whole team right there, and you know his legacy still lives on to this day. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest na- players we should. But I mean, there was so many big names because you think of still Kevin Green. You think of wasn't there? I was talking to Jeff about this yesterday. Wasn't there a wrestler that we signed or some big or something like that or some dude who went on the XFL? I cannot remember. Not obviously not Brian Bosworth because he went he was on the what, didn't, he, didn't yeah. he hate me play for guys? Huh? The guy he hate me, what was his name? Rod somebody who played Rod in the Smart. Rod Smart. He didn't he play didn't he play for us? Yeah. He, he was on Super Wasn't he getting he wasn't get smart, wasn't he? Wasn't he the one the he wasn't he the the, the, the war or the, the, the security guard and get smart? I'm fairly certain. I can't I'm not sure. I remember him from, up, from the XFL. Yeah, he was in the XFL, but um and then, I mean, you have, you know, especially like that Super Bowl 50 team. We had Charles Tillman. We had Jared Allen. You know, we had, I mean, we had, those are big defensive names in the past. We've had our defense. We've had, you know, Kirk Coleman was a good free agent. Um, you've had, you know, Mike Adams did well for a little bit. Roman Harper, which is always funny to me that he played on the Panthers, especially after the whole, the bounty gate thing, you know, and hitting yeah. Steve Smith, spinning the ball and then punching him in the mouth. And that is Roman Harper that hit him. 
even though we hit the wrong dude. But um, speaking of the XFL, it's funny that you mentioned it. Um, I mean, we all saw this weekend, and I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch all the games, but the ones I did watch were really cool. You know, we even saw some Panthers make some big splashes. Austin Prohl had, what, I think two touchdowns, 63 yards, five receptions. Yeah, the first, it, uh, the first XFL touchdown, which was so cool. Um, and I thought that was really awesome getting to see that. And, you know, you, I didn't see any really other Panthers making these splashes. But Get a credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed. And together, we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Um, what I want to know, because, you know, you, you have Canadian Football League, you have Arena Football League, those have kind of stuck around. You have the UFL, I think, is still a thing for the most part. But then in the world, and you've in these past, you've had, you know, the World Football League with Trump and his team. You've had, you know, the uh, AF, you have the XFL that happened the first time. And then we more recently had the AAF. And other than Arena Football League and uh, I think the UFL still sticks around somewhere. Or AFL, like, yeah. AFL, Arena Football League just folded. Did it just fall? Really? They folded. Yeah. So other than Canadian Football League, none of these have stuck around. So what do you think the XFL, excuse me, what do you think the XFL needs to do to not flop again? What does it need to prevent? What maybe caused it to flop the first time that, you know, it needs to do now? The first time from what I can remember is it was too much like wrestling. Yeah. And they it did they focused way too much on like that entertainment yeah. aspect of it. Extravaganza of it all. Which of course you want to be the fun league, but just don't focus that much. I think and I think they've learned a lot from that first go around, which I don't think they'll make those same mistakes, same mistakes again. But as long as they Stick to what they're doing. Be the fun. Be the fun league without all of the antics. Then I think they'll be fine. I think they have to obviously learn from the first time. You you hit that on the head there, Shanti's with that. Um, Vince McMahon. Hopefully he's learned a little bit more. And it, it's not anything associated with the WWE or any wrestling. Now it's Alpha Entertainment, which is the whole McMahon kind of conglomerate or whatever. But I think the interesting thing they need to do is. Listen, it's not the NFL. It will never be the NFL. But if somehow or another, if somehow or another we can, they can connect this to the NFL and, and, and understand that you're the stepchild. Like you are going to be, you can get here and, and get to the NFL and they see this movement of players that get that second chance or can move up. That's where I think they could, um, that's where I think it, it works. Is if somehow or another, make sure they latch on to the NFL and figure out a way to – guys are living their dreams and, and being able to chance to move up or, or get that second chance. Yeah, you know, I think I Jeff hit it right on the head with the um, – you know, they're, they know they're not going to be the NFL, and I like how they kind of just have gone their separate way. You know, you can kind of see that because the NFL, you know, they have to be all official and everything. But we've seen with the XFL, you know, we got guys dropping F-bombs on the sidelines and everything like that. So I think that's good for them, but – Indirectly, I think it needs to be some sort of relationship with the NFL and some sort of feeder to get guys to, you know, maybe get some more reps to show themselves, to get into a camp, to get onto a roster, you know. And it's pretty cool just, just to see all the um, the background stories and where these guys have gone. There was some guy, um, there was a receiver, I don't know who, um, he was on like six different teams. And, yeah, it was just a, a lot of journeymen in the league. But I think it's – first week was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, I think that definitely it has room to grow. And 
I think it'll be interesting to see how it continues. I mean, I think it could be cool. And if it's successful enough, I always hope, because they still always talk about, you know, there was all that, there was all that talk with the AAF, when the AAF was a thing and hopefully successful, that they were trying to expand, where they would take four teams from the AAF and have four international teams and create two new divisions, the NFC Central and the AFC International. I don't know how that would work, because especially, also, can we thank God that we're not the Jaguars and we don't have 25% of our home games in London? Because that would be awful. Yeah, they're moving that team. Oh, 100%. They're like, taking I don't that team know out of why they, they keep fighting that, but that's the only team that keeps having to go to London. It, they're, no, they're, they're kicking them out yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think they're trying to make this move because they've been talking about having two teams in London, a team in Mexico, and a team in uh, Canada because the NFL is the only... Only major, you know, any of the major of the of the big four that don't have a team in Canada. But regardless, um, and I think it was really cool. I think some of the things that they have brought to the XFL, you know, the updated kickoff rule, the live mics on the field, the transparency. I think the transparency with the reviews is going to be something that's yeah. huge. Yeah. That I think. I mean, we didn't get to see it showcased a whole lot because there wasn't a whole lot of issue, oh, areas to bring it up. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be, I mean, I think you can see that being adapted in the NFL. So what are some of the uh, unique rules that y'all like? That What do you think they have? What do you think about them? Um, I guess one for me, it's not, it's not really a rule, but just something they do is the interview, interviewing guys in game. That. I, I think just totally just breaking the mold of just, okay, we got to wait till halftime to get it. Like, or, or for a play, you got to wait to the end of the game. Like, yeah. no, 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 no. You messed up. Let me holler at you real quick. Hey, you, you want to tell me We're how you did call it? you out right oh, now. Oh, yeah, thanks. I, I like it. I mean, it's the fun league. Be fun. Be as extravagant as you want to as far as, like, in that space. I personally like the – um, uh, and it's it's the college rule, and I'm pretty sure it was with the XFL. I like the one foot down. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, you can make an acrobatic catch – and make some insane catches that have happened in the NFL, but they've been ruled out because you only have one foot down. Oh, come on. So I think that, to me, is is fantastic. I didn't like the idea of not having um, any extra points, but I'm a kicker, former kicker, so you, you can't kick an extra point. Yeah. Uh, but then only- the one-point play, two-point play, three-point play is kind of interesting. You know, it was interesting. I, I still think, you know, kick the field goal or kick the extra point, let them do it. Maybe you could move it back and let the, the extra point be, depending on how far you kick it from, mm-hmm. it could, who knows. But I still think that I think from from Pop Warner to middle school to high school to college, one foot in bounds is what you need. Well, so then, uh, Jeff, real quick, what did you think about uh, the kickoff rule that they have where you can't – no one can move until the receiver catches the ball? Well, and plus they're lined up five yards apart. Yeah, so they were lined up five yards apart, and you can't hit each other until then. I'm surprised, to be honest with you, that more touchdowns, like they didn't score. Because you figure yeah. five points, and you get that running. I mean, just block your – I mean, you don't have to find the guy. He's right there in front of you. Yeah. He's running downfield trying to figure out who to block. He's right there. I and like you, that one because it's safer. It is a lot it's safer. A lot you got people flying at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm a big fan of that. be more guys – getting further downfield you would think yeah and i think it's why they tried i think it's why they did that too to try and hopefully incite more kickoff returns because that's the most ex- or that's the most exciting part of kickoffs and i think that's what the nfl has been lacking with the kickoffs they only had one touchback wow the entire first weekend they had one touchback i'd like to see it in the nfl honestly because that would revitalize i mean that would bring back the kicking you know to rather, instead of just a bunch of touchbacks i'd rather them do that than get rid of the kickoff altogether yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what the AAF did, you start at the 25 yard. It does stop. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, for me though, I've just the kickoff rule I really like just, you know, in a league like that, I don't think you need to have all these head-on collisions like going at full speed. I don't think in any league you really need to. So I like that as like an alternate. And if, you know, it would look good for them if the NFL took something from their league and uh, that was like inspired by it. So I think that's what they're going for. I like, you know, I like how they had like Pat McAfee on the sidelines and of course like the cameras and like, I don't know if you guys saw, but a receiver had a catch. He got tackled and the camera guy went onto the field with the camera and he, he was like, Phil got real up close to him and they're hurrying up offense and, right before the next play it was it was pretty cool to see but you know just overall I kind of like how they're just being different and even not just on the field but in the broadcast side too I love uh, like we said I love the lot the the transparency having you can hear the mics going from replay to the official so we can hear what the thought process is instead of you know I can't tell you how many times we sat on the couch screaming okay how why are they taking so long to view this like what more could they be looking at you know and so now we know what they're doing and I also like I like the. I think it brought back the entertainment to it and the theatrics of it all, bringing the live microphones on the field so you can hear yes. those players going back and forth. I think yes. that is so dope. Because I cannot tell you how many times, like, <laughs> like with key matches, like the NFL misses the ball a lot with a lot of key games. Like, fam, I want to hear what Odell Beckham and Josh Norman saying to each other. Or, right. or could yeah. you imagine on my like Cortland Finnegan and Andre Johnson? Yes. Oh my uh, goodness. Yeah. But you better believe the NFL's been to bite a lot of these new rules, and I, they they did it the first time. They, like yeah, a lot, a lot yeah. Of, like a lot of this stuff that the NFL has now came from the old yeah. XFL. So they, they'll bite this, and they'll bite some of the style, and and change and, and throw maybe it hopefully it. even combine, you know, and bring up that a NFC Central, AFC, you know, international, especially with St. Louis coming back into the market because that was one of the cities they wanted to reach back out to. They should. I think the cool part too was, um, you know, what well, a whoever's on the. Uh, directing that game in the truck better be ready for the five second delay <laughs> i was gonna say you have to use that bleed button pretty quickly no what they're gonna say i think also what's gonna be different is i think the fact that you have espn and fox um as the two carrying it mm -hmm. and i mean i i heard people all day long on fox and espn both on the network on radio just hyping it up left and right left and right saying how much they loved it so the fact you got those two big guns going at it with them and backing them up and they're excited about it which they didn't have last time. I think it was TNT, and I don't even know who the first one was back in the day, but they didn't have a major network, so that's going to be a big deal. Remind me real quick, when what was the time frame for the first XFL, the time period of it all? Do you remember? It's, you know, um, it, was, it started in 2000, 2001. Okay. And lasted two seasons. Okay, so some one element that could – honestly be really cool for the XFL that was not in existence back in the first time. And I think if they want to boost the uh, popularity of it all, especially with a younger generation that didn't really understand what the XFL first was, what I think they could really do, and they kind of showed it a little bit. I mean, I know, uh, Jeff, you've probably seen, you know, your kids playing it, and I know we've all played it, but in Madden, they added this new mode. Called, it was called, um, I don't remember what it was called, the, the you know, that, it was like it was supposed to be like a like a free for all kind of thing, and it was like a different way to play Madden. You had these superstars. You had it was really it was a lot different, and you had different like playbooks, different playing styles, and it was a different mode of playing Madden. Are you talking about head coach? Well, no, no, no. Like it was like, like you had, draft. Like, nah, but like kind of like you were like you could have like D, like your coaches were like D, like Odell Beckham or like no, Bill no, Yachty. No, no, no. I know exactly. You talk, you talk about Madden 20. On Madden 20, yeah, newest Madden. Madden. Yeah, 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 very newest yeah, Madden. Yeah, 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 like they just introduced it. Yeah, they yeah. just introduced it. 
And um, something that could be really cool is if they were to bring in the XFL as a mode on the Madden. Because you remember what back in like from like 05 to 07, you had the Canadian League on there for a little while. And it had, and the, they had NFL Europe. They had right NFL the Europe. Sure. So if you had the XFL on and then threw those rule changes into and you made it like an XFL broadcast and you yeah. could play like an XFL game, that could boost your popularity a lot. You know, that they, I mean, they, you know what? I want them to just stick around for about at least two to three seasons before we see a game. Get, get, give it a chance. You know, I was like, you could piggyback and you could have it on Madden, and then they could have their own game. Here's the thing: I, I honestly don't think Vince McMahon wants that team. I, I think he, and, and honestly, I don't actually want the XFL to even bridge into the NFL. Like, I want them to be their own separate thing. You don't think so? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't want. I don't want. I don't ever want them to move to the fall. I want them to stay in the spring. Yeah. Stay yeah. Where they're at. Stay the course, and let's see if they can work on their own. And. I, you know, I just like football. I, I just like them being separate. Right yeah. Now. I like them being separate brands. Well, see, I just, I'm still a big, I was, a, that's why I was such a big proponent of the AFF because I really wanted to see, honestly, it would have, the scheduling aspect of it would have been awful, especially for the AFC, any teams that were, you know, playing the AFC international and having to go out. That's why you had, that's why if you had them all, you know, in the same division, then they would play each other twice a year. They would just be traveling. They'd be used to the travel anyway. Because then the cities they were talking about for the uh, NFC Central were those teams, those markets that have lost the teams because, you know, this would be St. Louis, San Diego. And then I think it was looking at Birmingham and Oklahoma City because the Birmingham, uh, the the iron was really big market for the for the AAF. And, you know, and Oklahoma City, for whatever reason, is apparently a pretty big market in itself. So then you had those you had two teams in London because London loves the NFL and then Toronto and New Mexico and Mexico City. I would have loved to have seen, you know, because if you had you can't like. The way it was, it was weird, you know, when the Panthers and the Texans and the Jags came out because, like, they kind of came at different times. And, yes, there was an expansion draft, but, like, not really. Now you couldn't do it to where you could just throw in one team, you know? Yeah. If you threw in one team, you have to throw in seven more teams. Right. And so they don't necessarily have to use the XFL to do that, but I would still at some point like to see the NFL expand a bit. I'm always a fan of more teams. You know, you have a lot – then you have that – what you have – Um, you have a five-team playoff, so then you have – five division leaders and you have three wild cards and your top two still have buys. And then you have, you know, an 18 playoff. And I think that'd be cool. But um, I think it's, there's a lot of potential for the XFL. I really enjoyed watching it honestly off the first. I mean, like I said, you can never have enough football. And I think in, especially in the spring and summer, I honestly had forgotten about it. I was like, Oh, the XFL is back. Wait, we can still keep watching football. And that's another thing. The fact that ESPN and, and Fox are the ones carrying it, it, that's insane that yeah. they have that and they've done this and it's not some ESPN the Ocho thing it's actual ES or ESPN two even it's ESPN like they're yeah. throwing that out because I mean they want and that's good for them too they want that content you know they lose a big part of their of, of their of their content when NFL shuts down um so then you know ending up you know our last segment talking about another uh, the media just <laughs> we are the media but the media also hates us. Um, especially as Panthers fans and as the Panthers. And if you hadn't seen it, it caused me to lose sleep. I had an aneurysm over it. But Bleacher Report, which I have been a huge fan of Bleacher Report. It's one of my favorite sports media outlets. I still love it. I'm not saying I don't. But I was hurt when I saw an article about their power rankings, which is also, now that I want to mention it, that was something really cool that Bleacher Report brought up, which had not been done before, really, was these power rankings. If you really think about it, like, there was always standings, but power rankings weekly was not really a thing up until 2011, 2012, when Bleacher Report started doing it. So I think it's been cool. But they hurt me with this one. They had their way too early uh, post-Super Bowl twenty or Super Bowl 2020 rankings, 
and they put the Panthers at 31. Only above the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm sorry, but that is just insanely low. I mean, I'm, I, am I wrong? I think that's just the lowest thing I've ever seen. And it made me very, very mad. Because I think, yes, the Panthers went 1-15 in in two years. Or they lost 15 games in two-year span. But I still think they deserve a little bit more credit than that. But I, but I might be wrong. What do y'all think? Yeah, you know, definitely. Um, 31, that's rough. I mean, only, I mean, the Dolphins, like, come on now. Like, there's got to be some more worse teams. I, um, after going through it in my head, you know, I'd probably say we're around, like, 21, 22, 20, in that area. I mean, being honest, you know, I mean, the thing is we're, like, competing for the playoffs a few years ago, and we have, like, a lot of the same same guys, even though we do have this kind of, like, changing of the guard now. But I'd say, like, you know, obviously we're kind of in a lesser spot now than what we were, but I think I think we're in a better spot than a lot of these other teams, to be honest with you. I think it's a blessing in disguise, to be honest with you. I don't know that, like, it's – don't get me wrong. I don't think it's it's horribly – I mean, if, 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 if Cam is gone and if we're blowing everything up and we're starting from scratch. Yeah. 31, I mean, you know, and if, if people have the expectation that, okay, we're not going to be that good of a football team and you get four or five true. or something and, and you move up, then so be it. That just is I, – I, I don't – I think 31's too low. I mean, I've looked at the – you know, and we, we can go over them in a minute or whatever, some of the teams that were right in front of them, and I'm like, yeah, no. The Jags are a train wreck. The Jags are – to me, mm-hmm. the Bengals are better than the Jags. Yes. Jags are a train wreck. Yeah. And they will be a train wreck. Um, but I think 31, I think they should be higher, but I don't I, – it may be a blessing in disguise, guys. I, I don't know. Um, For me, I had – well, my initial ranking was 17. I'm going to move off of that. And I'm going to have to agree with um, Tyler and Jeff. But you're moving like around that 20 range, like, like mid-20s, about 26, probably where I see them. Honestly, yeah, because of, of we don't know. It's a, lot of, it's, a, it's a lot of I don't knows about this franchise right now. Until we get word on whether Cam's officially coming back, that's going to change a lot. If Cam is back, yeah, we're, I'll put us right at 20 with Cam being back. Now, what we do in free agency also changes a lot of things. My initial number was 17. We could get to 17 by the end of free agency, in my mind, it, depending on the moves that we make. If you blow it up, yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll 31. 31's not bad if what they considered was that we're not breaking Cam back. Mm. They said, okay, Cam's not coming back. You're blowing the, you're blowing the whole thing up. Your 31 actually does isn't wait isn't too far off from like a realistic number. Yeah, so the teams they put ahead of us, like you were saying, Jeff, uh 30 was the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think we should be ahead of them. 29 was the Washington Redskins. I I hate I, I, I'm not a fan of the Redskins, and the fact that we've lost to them twice in the last two years Very is upsetting. so upsetting. Honestly, I, I, that upsets me more than losing to the Falcons twice in the last two years. I mean, not really, but also, yes. Um, I mean, because honestly, that weird span of five, six years in a row where we played the Redskins every year, and we whooped them every year, but we still had to play them, and there was still all this smack talk beforehand. Regardless, um, 27 or 28, excuse me, was the Chargers. That one I can get, I can understand a bit. 
I mean, without Philip Rivers, though, now well, with Philip Rivers, I can understand. Without Philip Rivers, not so much. Um, and then 27, the Miami Dolphins. I, I don't, I, I don't like that. I don't, I don't put any weight on that. Oh, and then yeah, 26, New York Giants. Ne- definitely not. No. De- not. Giants should be a lot lower than that. No. If you're putting all me, that on Zeke, then no. Yeah, let me go back to what Chanti said, what Chanti said a little bit too. I mean, I'm going through some of this stuff, and if you think about it, I mean, there are a lot of average football teams. And there are a lot of bull. I mean, I'm looking at Tampa Bay. I mean, they should not be anywhere where they were. They were 18th. The Lions shouldn't be 25. I mean, the Jets, I can give you 24. Arizona? No. They, no. no. The Browns should not be 23. I don't even care if they were 6 and 10. Hell. Denver? Denver still has everything to prove. I the mean, Raiders, I'll give 22. They, I mean, I'll give them that. Well, Raiders, though, I mean, they, listen, they got the whole Derek Carr. I mean, that could be a – listen, John Gruden, whatever. I, I, don't, I don't like their quarterback. They don't, don't, like, don't even like their quarterback. No one likes a car at quarterback. No, well, no. Nobody should. Nobody should. There's no reason for you, for you to ever like a car at quarterback. Well, the only reason that worked out was because it was ACDC. Amari Cooper and that and that that worked. Say what you want about talent-wise, and I might tick some people off. Listen, Cleveland Browns are a train wreck. The it's too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh-huh. It's too many cooks in the kitchen. It's too much talent, too much ego. All bumping heads. You can't tell me that you can't tell me Baker is not getting every meeting going, Juice, I want the ball. Odell, I want the ball. <laughs> Chubb, who deserves to have the ball, might be the one who's saying at least. But then you have, you know, Nyoku, I want the ball. They all deserve to have the ball, but you can't give the ball to everybody. It kind of goes back to that conversation about free agents where you can't have all of the superstars. Yeah, but you know. I mean, the New York Jets, they can't keep Sam Darnold, you know, I guess from the Broncos should not be 20 in the slightest. I understand the, He's got to stay off mono or whatever. You know, the Detroit Lions, they're a train wreck. I mean, the Giants are tra- – I mean, so think about really – I mean, I could see the Panthers, if they get through free agency and make some moves, get the quarterback thing set. Yeah, they could be – You're t- telling me that the Colts right now can be at 17, then the yeah. Panthers honestly can be at 17 too. Yes. Because Cam – what people do not understand about Cam, and we've said it once and I'll say it again, no other quarterback – that is playing right now, or was at least playing that could that plays the same kind of skill that was the same age or same anything like him could have taken a, a wide receiving core and an offense like we had in 2015 and lead them to a Super Bowl. You could not have done that, and I will not I will not hear any arguments on that. So when, when we have a healthy Cam, and I'm not going to hear any arguments because because a healthy Cam has a chance for the playoffs every year. It's not the same type of thing as Russell. It's not where Russell can lead his team. It's just because Cam is that star talent. And I don't want to hear this, oh, his talent has worn off his body and what he's used to. Because in 2016 and 2017, I understand he occurred injuries both years. But those were the only two years that he has ever been sat out for more than a game because of injury. This guy played the week after he got in a near-death car accident. And he played and won the game. So I don't want to hear this, oh, they could get someone better in free agency. They could get someone better in the draft. Who? You tell me who, because there's no one in free agency that can do it better with the weapons that Cam has right now. Because this is honestly one of Cam's best best weapons. The best. I mean, yeah. DJ's finally coming with his own. Curtis still has something to prove. Ian, I think, still has – I think Ian is good. I, I, if we bring in Eric Ebron or we bring in somebody else, I'm okay with that. But And then Definitely. you have CMC, and you have one of the better lines. It's up in the air. At least not even better, but one of the youngest lines we've ever had. But, I mean, yeah. I just – so if you're telling me these teams be at 17 because if a health, Cam is healthy, I'm saying we're right there in the mid. We're right there in 16. But, I mean, it's – and it, I, I, I don't know, you know. It's – I have us listed at 25. I think that 
even without Cam right now, with an unhealthy Cam, I'd have us at 25. I understand because our, our defense is really lacking. But our offense, I mean, the cat pack and the line that we've got right now, I think can be really good. You know, with, with a healthy Cam, that's a, that's a, that's a top-five offense in the league. For the, with the, I mean, you had, if you thought about it, you had a top-five running back in the league and you had a top-five wide receiver in the league with Kyle Allen. You throw in a top-five quarterback in that, ma- in that matchup with a line that's consistent – Right and a and a questionable Falcons, Bucks, and Saints team. I mean, you're right back in the division, and I don't I don't understand why. Also, one thing I wanted to ask y'all real quick um, before we wrap it up, uh, if you have one, um, do y'all have a favorite XFL team? Because I forgot to ask that. Mine personally, I hate. I mean, I root for uh, I root for the, uh, the Seattle uh, Sounders when it came when it comes to MLS. Um, now I won't be, though, because Charlotte has a team, so I'll be rooting for the Charlotte team. But I like the Seattle Sounders. I loved, you know, Clint Dempsey. I liked all. I loved the, their team, and I loved them playing in the stadium. And now it's transferred over. I do not like rooting for a Seattle team, a Seattle football team at least. But I will root for the Dragons. I think that they've got a good roster. I love seeing, you know, Prol do what he did. Um, their team is just very electric. And I think, uh, I think it's Josh – Johnson or Justin Johnson is their quarterback. I can't remember regardless, yeah. but they've got. Um, I like their team. I love their uniforms. I, th- I love the dragon on. Like, it's like US, It's like USF plus like uh, Miami as far as their mm-hmm. uniforms go, and I love that. I'm a big uniform guy, and I love the different stuff that the XFL has brought. So, and if you don't have a favorite team, just tell me a favorite aspect y'all got. You know, the league. I, and like I said, favorite aspect for me is that one foot rule. I've been clamoring for that in NFL for a while because a lot of these things, if if a if an ass cheat can count as a foot then one foot should count as a touchdown. I don't understand where they where where that has been where that translates. Uh, I'm gonna go DC Defenders is my favorite team. I like Carter. I I, I want, I've been wanting to see Cardell Jones play at a professional level. I, I like I just I like the energy they came with for that first game. So I mean I'm just, I'm rolling with. Do you see the tweet? It was like, God, the DC Defenders just have the most aggravating uh, fan base in the NFL. <laughs> and someone quotes it goes. Bro, they've only been a, the XFL's only been a thing for an hour. <laughs> that would that that killed me. I saw that and that had me dying. <laughs> I'm going the uh, Houston Roughnecks. Yeah, uh, just old school. Like they have the oil derrick, so it's kind of like the Oilers, and it's got the hard hat on top. Um, I didn't really get into all the players and who was playing for who and stuff, but just I that nostalgia. Of, I was. I think I former Panthers on that. I want to say. I want to say Coney might be on that one. Or not Coney. Oh, yeah, I think Coney might be on that one. I think it was Coney Ely, yes. Um, but I just like the old oil, Derek. It just, you know, the old The colors team for that, you, that team is really cool, too. Yeah. What? The black and the red and the blue. Yeah. It's yeah. like a modern Oilers team. Yeah, so it was kind of cool. Yeah, you know, for me, longtime Dallas Renegades fan. Um, picked them because uh, uh, Hal Mummy, the coach, you know, he, um, the father of the air raid, um, he um, worked with Mike Leach to develop it. And, you know, I think it's just fun to watch. And, you know, he's their offensive coordinator. And then um, Landry Jones, our quarterback, he was out week one with an injury. But, you know, I never thought I'd say it, but can't wait for him to come back off injury and watch him play. But uh, we'll see this week. But did you not hear they're shopping? Uh, they're shopping uh, Jimmy Clausen. They might sign him, so then you can get. Boy, I would, I'd buy a jersey right away. Oh. that'd be like that'd be like Jimmer for debt coming back to the uh, NBA, and that would be the equivalent. Not the same because obviously Jimmy Clausen is not the town of Jimmer for debt, but you don't you don't know this about Jimmer for debt like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Jeff, you got a kicker for us this week? 
Yeah, I do. Kind of a cool story for the Panthers. Um, back beginning of January, uh, a pretty strong hurricane hit Kershaw County, South Carolina, completely kind of wiping out North Central High School. Um, they've been struggling to get back going and stuff. So the Panthers decided that they are going to uh, let that school host their prom at their practice facility in the Dome uh, here in Uptown Charlotte. So they're providing everything for them. The only thing the students have to do is show up. So kudos to the Panthers for taking care of uh, and And I think it helps with that, you know, two states. Um, they saw this high school get crushed, and they let's do something for them. So uh, congratulations to those guys, North Central. They'll get to do their prom uh, at the Panthers uh, practice facility uptown Charlotte. So it's going to be cool. And I think if I saw a little bit of it too, I think they also uh, renovated their football team's equip or their their uh, weight room. Yeah. And they also donated um they also donated a bunch of practice jerseys, including game worn jerseys. So I think they had Peppers and Jonathan Stewart that they gave uh, to hang in the weight room, but they also donated practice jerseys and pants for their football team. So uh, that's really cool too. And like you said, it's unifying you know the two states because that they were pretty devastated because a lot of them didn't think they were going to have a prom. And I mean. It's, it doesn't seem as important now, but when you're in high school, that was like the yes, thing. Amazing. So that was that was huge. So that is it's a nice little feel good thing for the Panthers to do that. And I know Tepper loves to be a. Well, the Panthers have had a history of philanthropy, and also we didn't talk about it, but I am still kind of salty that Cam didn't get uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year because I couldn't even understand um, freaking Calais Campbell when he was giving a speech. It sounded like he was gargling gargling knives. But <laughs> regardless, um, so next week we're gonna come at y'all. Um, we're gonna have. I don't know. We might just scream about how much I hate Taysom Hill and Alina Mara. I was thinking the we might, same. We might talk about, uh, you know, Tepper's comments and uh, our what we think of Cam. I mean, let's we can always let's make next week a hate podcast. Honestly, I would love it. <laughs> would y'all want to hear us just scream about the people we hate? Because I think that'd be hilarious. I have one segment on Taysom Hill. Boom. Mike Remmers and Alina Mara. Boom. And then what else did we say? There was another one. Uh, who else did I hate? Who else did I yell about? I don't remember. I hate Dave Gettleman. I also hate. Dave. Oh yeah, Dave Gettleman oh, and Rich Joe. Yeah. We can just say, you know, Sean Payton. Um, he said Sean Payton? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I hate Sean Payton. I mean, I hate Sean Payton. He has I really, hate Drew Brees, too. He hasn't really done it. I see, I don't hate Drew Brees. I respect Drew Brees. Oh He's the God. only saint. You know who I hate? I, I hate love Cameron Jordan. Love Drew Brees. I hate Cameron Jordan. I can't stand Cameron oh, Jordan. Love I hate Cameron Jordan. Oh. But I, I like, I, I, you've got to respect Drew Brees. I'm sorry. And I think he's he's a family man. He's been a class act. And I ain't got to respect him nothing. <laughs> he's a great guy. Great guy. Great guy. But I mean, he but he's in the way. Move. Yeah, no. I wanted I wanted to leave. I wanted to get out. I wanted to retire already. You've done everything you can do. Get out. I want all. I want their entire quarterback room to leave. I would love if that like the Vikings a couple years back. You know when all their quarterbacks left and they had to get Kirk. I want Drew. I want Taysom, and I want Teddy to all leave, and then they have no quarterbacks because that would be because then what do you do? You do nothing. It'd be hilarious. But um. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out what well, we might yell at just people or we might talk about Panthers football. I'm fine with either. But uh, keep on, be on the lookout. Shanti's going to have another video for you coming out on Monday, his part three. Uh, we thank you all so much for the views and support of that. It's been really cool for him to get yeah. to do that. And um, and we can't wait to see uh, how this get how this keeps growing. Uh, check out fanatics.com for some deals um, through, uh, I think it's ba- uh, the, bra- uh, the Bears Brawl at fanatics.com or some sort of thing like that. I'll, I'll – Maybe edit that in later. We're supposed to do sponsorships. We have not been doing sponsorships, so we have to do that. And uh, be on the lookout for some big stuff coming from the Brawl Podcast Network, uh, like merchandise or like a website, because this it's getting pretty big, guys. So it's been awesome. And we really appreciate the fact that we've gotten to get in when we've gotten in, because um, – 
people don't just kind of get podcasts in these business. You no. know, and it's something that's grow it's blowing up. It's a medium that's gotten really big. And we're all reveling in the fact that we get to sit here every week and talk about, you know, the team we love, or at least football. <laughs> so until next time, everybody, this has been the Panthers Brawl. We thank you all for joining us and listening in. And until next time, guys, keep bounding. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion apply. Limited time offer.